2: I came out the wrong line already. It is in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be
1: honored if you played football for this team. Throw up above his head. They can't jump in the knee. Golly. Oh, they tackle him in the corner? Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. I <laughs> can. <laughs> Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast, brought to you by your host, me, Matt Burns. You can find me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. So, today, uh, as we talked about just last week, or really the episode that went up earlier Monday, uh, we are doing a post-draft mock draft. We are bringing in two special guests, Mr. Jared Wackerly and Garrett Price, two gentlemen we've had multiple times, good friends of the podcast and friends of Dennis and myself. And we are looking forward to doing just a three-round or four-round, we haven't quite decided yet. We'll figure it out here in just a minute. Uh, But we will be doing a uh, mock draft for the rookies. A lot of people uh, possibly have already even started their mock drafts, or not their mock drafts, started their rookie drafts for their dynasty leagues. Uh, I know a lot of the leagues that I'm in will start later this week by some... Somewhere between Wednesday through Friday. So we're just going to give you guys an idea of kind of how we would draft. I will have each of us kind of give our strategies as we approach Dynasty drafts. Uh, I would imagine each of us possibly do each one different. We haven't really talked about it beforehand. So it'll be interesting to see if any of us do uh, do the same strategy or have the same strategy or which one of us do stuff differently. Uh, and then we will just go ahead and do a mock. We might do more than one. Uh, we'll see kind of what time permits tonight. As we are recording and kind of see what we can do. Hopefully, we can get through two, uh, you know, possibly a regular one and then a super flex. Uh, but we'll, we'll play it. And if not, maybe we'll bring these guys back on here in a couple days or maybe sometime next week and run through some more mock drafts. As I do know some leagues wait till later. Uh, but just wanted to go ahead and throw that out. This is going to be just a mock draft episode. We'll give a little bit of insight here and there on some of the players that we like. Uh, but for the most part, it's just going to be mocking and, and kind of giving you guys again an idea of where we want these guys. Each of us uh, have different rankings, so our, our drafts will be different. It will it should be fun. I'll put it that way. I'm excited to get these guys on here so we can mock drafts. So let's just go ahead and bring them in here, and let's start mocking. Hello! And, as always, we have Mr. Dennis Bennett with us today. What's going on, Dennis?
0: Uh, I just got done with Little League practice. Not that I'm in Little League, mind you. I mean, my kid is in Little League, so I was sitting on the bleachers uh, wishing my phone wasn't about to die so I could uh, prep for this mock draft we're going to do. <laughs> so, Other than that, things are going pretty sparklingly great.
1: Well, that is good to hear. And as I mentioned in the intro, we are brought on two guests that we've had on multiple times now, Jared Wackerly. What's going on, Jared?
3: What's up, guys? Thanks for bringing me on. Happy to be back.
1: Absolutely, and of course, we've also got Mr. Garrett Price. What is going on, Garrett?
2: How's it going? I'm uh, I'm excited to see uh, see how bad I uh, beat you guys in these mock drafts here. So it'll be interesting.
0: Now, see that—that's the kind of winning attitude that's going to take this enterprise straight to the top. <laughs> well, I'm undefeated in mock drafts.
1: <laughs> undefeated in mock drafts. <laughs> Why, well, I'm that, that should be gonna... under
2: your header and in, in your Twitter brio. Yeah.
1: I imagine I'm going to be the worst because I'm reaching for Hakeem Butler at 1-4, so we'll, we'll see how this goes. Uh, the Really quick, uh, before we get into the mock draft, as uh, Garrett and Jared are both huge Browns fans like myself, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts real quick uh, on the Browns draft, how you guys thought it went. Uh, I also didn't know if maybe you guys saw the news that John Dorsey is going after Gerald McCoy at the moment, so might be bringing him over to the Browns. Just quick thoughts on, on the Browns offseason so far.
2: You know the first sure yeah I'm I'm thrilled I mean if you if you take into account that 117 is basically Odell Beckham jr we have like the greatest draft of all time um, but then but then when you were able to get a guy like greedy Williams who uh, from what I saw most people had him as either the top or one of the top two or three uh, corners in the draft and you were able to get him uh, mid-second round uh, that felt like an absolute steal to me and to be able to put him uh, on the other side of the field from Denzel Ward. Um, yeah, I'm thrilled. And we, we obviously went super defensive heavy, so there's not a lot of fantasy analysis to put into uh, into our rookie draft. But I'm I'm so excited. I, I love everything that Dorsey's doing. And we bring in a guy like Boy, who's been one of the better defensive tackles in the league for, oh, shoot, what's he been in the league for, six, seven, eight years now? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm thrilled with what's going on.
3: Yeah, I actually didn't hear the news on McCoy yet, so that's new to me. That's I would love that if that happened because we definitely need to beef up that that D line. You know, you can't have enough enough good guys up there. But yeah, I'm very happy with the draft. Greedy Williams was, I think, the last time I was on here, I, I said that that's who I wanted the Browns to get, and I think that's probably before we even took out we even traded for Adele or something.
1: Yeah, that was yeah when we yeah. When we recorded, there was just the rumors. It was like two weeks before that actually oh, yeah, it happened. Right. It was just we're rumors. Like yeah, that it was going to happen, and we kept talking about it. I was like, dude, I can't wait. I think it was, a, it was pre-Combine. We were talking about yeah. it because we were like hoping. I remember I said at the end of the episode, I was like, hopefully when we bring you back on after the Combine, they'll have Odell on their team at that point, and we can talk about how great that's going to be. And then it didn't even happen then. It happened after <laughs> the fact, and yeah, it's just been... Uh, I don't yeah. even know how to feel, man. Like, I'm so confused. Like, I I'm, i feel like I should be very happy, but then I'm, like, waiting for the other shoe to drop at this point because that's thats what pretty much my whole Browns fandom has been for my entire life.
3: Yeah, I'm really interested to see, like, where why Greedy fell. Like, I want to see what he looks like on the field because, I mean, he se- seemed like he was everybody's top corner, like Garrett said, like, going into it. So, I don't know. I think it might have been the tackling thing. Yeah. I'm not sure, but... Yeah, Dorsey, it seemed like Dorsey aimed for a lot of guys like he normally does that have a lot of talent and just maybe have some off-the-field issues, things like that. So he was swinging at the talent, which I don't mind. I just don't want to fill the locker room up with a bunch of these guys. You know, kind of see what's happening in Kansas City right now uh, or what happened with Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill and stuff like that. So just hope that doesn't come into Cleveland. But other than that, I'm happy. Taking a kicker in the fifth round's a little questionable, but he better be good. That's all I'm saying. He yeah. be- hey, we needed it, bro. Yeah, oh, we do, we so it. he better be good because, I don't know, sometimes they don't, they don't, they don't pan out. No, that's true.
1: Yeah, I mean, if we had yeah. a decent kicker last year, we'd probably make the playoffs, so.
3: Yeah, he's like 5'9", like 220 or something, 230. Yeah, he's – However, a, if, if we would have had a, a coffee, kicker, though, would they
2: have – would they have fired uh, would they have fired Hugh Jackson if we had a kicker though? That's the problem.
1: Yeah, I think so. Eventually he'd it have been all fired.
3: It's <laughs> a good point, Garrett. <laughs>
1: Alright, so for the mock draft here today, as, uh, as I talked about again in the intro, we're going to do just a regular PPR league. We're going to do three rounds. Uh, snake draft, we're going to start with the the order is going to be Dennis, Garrett, Jared, and then myself. We'll go through three rounds, and if we have time, we will jump in and do a super flex one as well. Uh, but we just kind of wanted to focus on a lot of leagues we know. Mostly do PPR kind of standard scoring stuff, so that's what we're going to focus on today. Uh, with each pick, we will give a little bit of analysis, uh, and if anybody wants to comment on anybody stealing their pick or anything, feel free. We're, I just kind of want to have a little bit of fun with it and give everybody an idea of what or who we would go with uh, based on where we are in the drafts, because I do think all of us kind of rank players differently. And I would also uh, like, if possible, before each of you make your pick, kind of give your drafts, if you have a draft strategy you like to follow in most of your rookie drafts, like I have a, a pretty solid strategy I like to follow in almost all my drafts when it comes to rookie drafts, so I'll talk about mine, and if you guys have one that you want to talk about, please do it before your pick. So with all that being said, Dennis, you were on the clock at 1-1. Who are you taking at the 1-1 spot?
0: Well, in, in rookie drafts, I, I tend to lean towards running backs. Um, they, t- they produce earlier, uh, if I'm generalizing. They produce earlier, and you they don't have as long a shelf life, and so when they break out, then you're trying to, to chase them. So if you have running backs that have some talent, look like they landed in a good situation, And are going to, um, you know, get the ball. I I tend to go there. Uh, This draft, uh, in my opinion, doesn't have. There's nobody of the Zeke Elliott, Todd Gurley, Saquon Barkley ilk in this draft. So if you were gonna, if I was gonna veer from that, this might be a draft to to maybe go wide receiver. But even then, you know, the wide receiver class doesn't really blow me away. There's some guys that landed in some interesting situations, um, some guys that flash some talent. But I'm going to stick to my, uh, my methodology, and I'm going to go running back at the 101. Round one. And with that, I am going to take the guy who I've had at the top of my running back list all off season. He landed in a good spot. Uh, he's got a little bit of competition, but I'm going David Montgomery out of Iowa State.
1: Wow. Okay. Wow. I was not expecting that. But Garrett, that put you on the clock at one two.
2: Yeah, I uh, I tend to try to listen to you guys when I can, and so I've I've heard all about the David Montgomery love, and so I I, I was hoping that was where you're going to go because that would. Uh, Give me give me my guy, too. I've also been struggling between between two players. Uh, But more often than not, I do also follow the follow a similar methodology of I I like to try to take running back. And especially in this draft with the scarcity of running backs, there's only a few that even have a a decent shot of producing. And so I'm trying to nab one of those guys while I can. And so for me, it's Josh Jacobs. Um, He was the only running back. That was taken in the first round. Um, I have a feeling that they're going to probably utilize him uh, quite a bit in in Oakland. There, uh, there's really no serious threat for touches. I mean, I know that they have uh, Isaiah Crowell, which doesn't worry me at all. Um, they have uh, the the darling of uh, most dynasty leagues uh, from the end of 2018, Chris Warren. Uh, I think his his uh, shelf life is pretty much expired. And then the only one would be maybe a little bit of Jalen Rashard would be the only one that I think would even take any real touches away from Josh Jacobs. So at the at the at the two spot, I'm thrilled to be able to get Josh Jacobs.
3: Yeah, I think you guys are safe with both those picks there, and it's my turn now, right, Matt?
1: Yes, go right ahead. Okay.
3: Yeah. So I mean, I kind of got to stick with the trend here because I don't want to miss out on don't one of these it. backs. Oh my- no!
1: No, God, please, no! 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 And
3: I Don't think Miles it. Sanders God, is kind of... Son of a bitch.
1: Son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> I
3: think he's the tear oh, breaker right here. Um, you know, he's, he's in an ascending offense, young offense. I think the Eagles are going to be good for a while. They had a top 10 offensive line last year for run blocking according to PFF. And... I think he's gonna come in and play right away. He he is gonna have some competition early on with Jordan Howard, but I think the talent will win out there. He's a Pennsylvania boy, you know, playing in the playing for the Eagles, so everybody around that area is gonna be calling for him. Um yeah, I think he's a safe pick, so I'm gonna go ahead with Miles.
1: Do you have a strategy that you like to follow going into rookie drafts, Jared?
3: Um I do. I I like to I like to take my running backs early, kinda of like the other guys have said guys that I think can con- contribute right away because they're a little more e- they're a little easier to predict on when you can start them and they tend to have value a little sooner than the wide receivers so I like to go running back early if I can
0: so bold strategy cotton let's see if it
1: pays off for them Gotcha. all right so we all have the same strategy i was interested to see if any of us did any uh, had a different strategy i do the same thing i like to go running back sometimes first and second pick. Obviously, this draft, as you guys have all kind of touched on, it's a, there's a big teardrop after those top three. I was hoping Miles Sanders would fall to me at three. I actually got him uh, at pick five in another league that I'm in earlier today, and I was thrilled to be able to get him there. I did not think he'd fall there. Uh, for me, I think there's a... There's five guys that I think you could argue are worthy of the 1-1. I know that might sound crazy. There's two wide receivers. Um, Even though I'm not big on Nikhil Harry, I do think that he is very worthy of taking that 1-1 pick. I think you could argue it. If you did argue it, I wouldn't argue against you. Uh, I'm going to go a little off the board here. Dennis knows where I'm going because I actually did this in one of our drafts earlier today. Um, At 1-4, I'm going to take Paris Campbell. Uh, I think that his landing spot in Indy was a – The perfect one of the perfect spots for him to fall. The other spot I thought was San Francisco, and we saw Debo go there. Uh, But with him being paired with Andrew Luck, I don't think he has any competition for targets there now, except for T.Y. Hilton. And he is using he's going to be used in such a different way than T.Y. Hilton. I think he is going to thrive there in that offense. I'm not a believer in Marlon Mack. I do think. Naheem Hines will take some of that work away from him uh, coming out of the backfield and getting some of the, some of the work, but I I love Paris Campbell there in Indian and explosive offense, uh, a defense that while it was good last year was still not that great. Indianapolis continually had to score a lot of points last year. So I think Paris Campbell is going to be relied on fairly heavily. So I will take Campbell as the first wide receiver off the board.
3: I like the pick there, Matt.
1: Well, you know, since you stole my guy, I had to go a little, I had to go a little bold. Plus, I just don't believe in to kill Harry. That's just me being honest there. I, I don't, I don't think he's going to work out in New England. I know I'm probably in the very minority there, but I really don't think it's going to work out for him.
0: Sorry, man, you got no, to stick to the board. The Patriots, are, are going to start running that twenty three offense. Two backs, three wide receivers.
1: I, I, I think they're going to go running. I think they're going to run the ball a lot more than they have. Lately, I think that's kind of why they were leaning toward, I mean, I know they took the kill Harry, but getting Damian Harris, I mean, what do they have, like 70 fucking running backs now? Rex Burkhead, Damian Harris, uh, Sony Michelle, James White, who am I missing? I I know there's another one. Brandon Volden. Well, I don't know about Brandon Bolton. He's like a special teamer, right? But I just think they're going to be run heavy. I, I mean, Tom Brady, I thought, kind of dropped off a little bit there last year. I know they won the Super Bowl and everything, but I, I really felt like he kind of dropped off. I don't, I just don't believe in Nikhil Harry being, being some stud in like the next uh, elite wide receiver. I, and I could be wrong. And I'll admit that I, I, I'm a guy who believed in Ronald Jones last year, so I, I have a propensity to be wrong. So I'll, I'll take I'll take the, take the blame if I am. But Dennis, go ahead. Who do you got with you, one five?
0: You can you can stop bringing bringing up uh, Ronald Jones. Why? Because now,
1: my, my Nikhil huh? Harry, my Nikhil Harry uh, take here is going to be the new Ronald Jones take.
0: Nah, not at all. It's just you. You're, you've been beating yourself up an awful lot about Ronald Jones, you know. And 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 even I've stopped beating you up about it. So figure well, you can probably take it easy on yourself now.
1: Well, I just figure I'm going to keep doing it until he becomes that uh, the starting running back in Tampa Bay and is a top 12 running back this year, and then I'll be able to throw it back in everybody's face.
0: So, so
2: uh, he was doing... one of the big winners of the draft, that's for sure. Nobody, I agree. They didn't take any running backs, so that's interesting.
0: So are we uh, doing snake draft then, Matt, which would put you up at 105?
1: Yeah, I guess that would put me up, huh? I'm an idiot. Jeez, I'm an idiot. No, that's a, that's another problem, man. That means I've got to kill Harry still on the board there. You know what?
3: You don't have to. The most rookies are like linear, so whatever you want to do.
1: Yeah, let's just do. Uh, nah, we'll just do it. I'm gonna take DK Metcalf. I'll take. Uh, I loved his <laughs> landing spot there in Seattle. Uh, I think that he's going. He's a bigger better version of Tyler Lockett is what I said on uh, Twitter when when they took him I think he's works perfectly with uh, Russell Wilson's game he doesn't have to do any of this I know the shuttle drill agility stuff all that crap I know he looked really bad in it but all he's got to do is run down the field Russell Wilson will break contain and he'll throw it down the field to him I love the landing spot for him there I think he's going to be great uh, in Seattle no worries about him whatsoever so I will take DK Metcalf go ahead Jared
3: I love that pick. I just took him in one of my rookie drafts at nine. So
1: Very nice.
3: Yeah, I think he's he's got the perfect situation for him. Um, so, good pick. But, uh, man, I didn't think Nikhil Harry was going to make it back to me, so I'm going to go ahead and grab him here. He's got the draft capital taken in the end of the first round. Great organization to go to, so I, I'm pretty confident that he's going to be all right there. It might take him a little bit to come along, but I believe in his talent. Uh, he's a yards after catch beast. So I think Bill Belichick will get, find ways to get him the ball. They do a good job of scheming around their talent there. Um, I don't, you know, a lot of people are talking about you know what tight end is going to go to New England, but it's I don't think that necessarily means that you know whoever fills that tight end role is going to you know have the volume that everyone thinks Gronk had. They're going to scheme to whoever they have, and I think Nikhil Harry going there, he's going to play early, and they're going to find a way to to get him the rock. So. All right. Well, I think that means that I am now up and I'm,
2: I'm struggling between two players here. There's two players that I have uh, fairly high on my board. And it might be even controversial for some people uh, how high I have both of these guys. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and take uh, the guy that I've been pounding the table for all offseason. Uh, he is actually I believe he's my number two wide receiver right now. He's either two or three off double check. Uh, but that's J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Oh,
1: that's a good pick. I-
2: I, I really like uh, a lot of the different things that I saw. The body control that he has, the, be, the ability to be able to high point the football. There was just a lot of stuff that I really, really liked about him. Underrated route runner, ended up running a 4.49 at his pro day. I, I just think the kid could end up being very special. A lot of Vincent Jackson uh, in his game, a little bit of Mike Evans as well. And I think Philly was a great landing spot for him were it to be utilized uh, the way that I think he he would like to be utilized. And so it might be a little high for some people, uh, but i, I got to stick to my board, and Arcega uh, Whiteside's my guy.
3: I think he might have the safest floor amongst almost all the wide receivers in this class, honestly. So I think it's a great Yeah, game. you might be right.
0: Yeah, my only concern with him is lack of production this year. I, I think he's going to end up being Alshon's direct backup. And so until Alshon has his uh, yearly soft tissue injury, uh, (laughs) Whiteside is going to, you know, not be getting a lot of action. I do think he's the replacement for Jeffrey. Um, So, you know, next year could pay off.
3: What's Jeffrey's contract
0: look like? You know? I I don't know off the top of my head. I'd have to look. Eagles do a good
3: job. You know, they're smart. They're, you know, they're taking him for a reason.
2: And they always figure out interesting ways to find money and stuff. They're they're a good organization, so uh, I like what they're building there. And obviously they won the Super Bowl two years ago, so they're doing something right. Damn,
0: so he's on. he he signed for the next three years. Um, yeah, they, I saw that that's crazy. They cut him this season, he's got twenty one point seven million in dead cap. Um uh, yeah, but if that. they cut cut him next off season they have seven million. So if if they designate him a post June one cut next off season, then it's what three and a half million each year. Yeah, yeah he's going to be there probably for it definitely this year, and, and I'd put the odds at seventy percent next year. Could be. I, I definitely
2: see them. Uh, I do think that there's this year he won't have the crazy production. Honestly, like most receivers uh, that come out as rookies. Um, I don't think you're going to see crazy production, but I do think that you're more than capable of being able to, to line them up across the field from each other and then have more, um, like a Aguilar running out of the slot and stuff like that. So I, I, I'm not too worried about, um, Jeffrey. I don't think he's, he's as much of an obstacle, so I'm not, I'm not too stressed about that.
0: All right. So at one Oh eight, I am going to make a unveil a change in my rankings, Uh, right here at the 108, and go Noah Fant. Um,
1: Really? Over TJ Hawkinson, huh?
0: Yeah. I'm a huge Hawkinson fan, um, and I think he's going to end up playing more snaps, but there's a history of uh, Matt Stafford not getting the ball to his tight end as frequently as uh, Joe Flacco does. So, I think Fant is going to get a a lot of run in that passing game up there in Denver. And so, I think he's going to score more points uh, this first year. Um, You know, I could see Hawkinson being Patricia's Gronk, but I I have concerns about this year. And I think that uh, getting Noah Fant, who is going to produce. At a high level this year, you know they were neck and neck. I think uh, really what separated them for me going into the draft was Hawkinson's ability to be on the field for more snaps because of his blocking ability. But given given that the landing situations are giving the edge to Fant, um, yeah, you know, I think it's it's a coin flip. So. It, it, it's it's not an easy decision because I'm a huge TJ Hawkinson fan, but I'm going to go Noah Fant at 108. All right, which brings me to the 109. I guess here uh, I am going to go with what I think is the talent um, and go with A.J. Brown at 109. Good pick. I, I know, I know uh, some people are down on the landing spot. But I think he can step in and be the best receiver in Tennessee right out of the gate. He's versatile, can play inside and outside. And I think, uh, having somebody that's as good as he is can take the pressure off of Corey Davis. You know, I think part of the issue he's had, uh, on top of Mariota's health and, inconsistency uh you know maybe he's just not coming coming from a small school maybe he just wasn't ready to be that top dog in the nfl and uh a.j brown you know he played in the tough conference had to go head to head with four or three other nfl caliber pass catchers uh week in and week out for two or three years and so uh i feel like uh if if Mariota's uh, elbow holds up this year, then it's going to allow them to be have a better offense with uh, their desire to pound Derrick Henry. That's going to bring those defensive backs and linebackers close to the line, open up the intermediate and deeper passes. Um, they'll be focusing on Henry. So I think it could end up being a really good year for A.J. Brown.
3: Yeah, I think if you take A.J. Brown, you got to have to hope that Mar- they don't exercise Mariota's option. So, oh, I'm sorry, is this his option here right now, right?
1: Yeah, after this year. I think yeah. so.
3: Yeah. They don't extend him is what I meant.
1: Before, before you give your pick, Garrett, so do any of you believe that A.J. Brown can succeed with Mariota as his quarterback, or everybody hopes that they move on for, for Brown to uh, kind of realize his potential?
3: I mean, it's been four years. I think we kind of know what we're getting with Mariota. Um, I'm not a believer, but we'll see. I mean, he's got this year to prove it. So they definitely put the talent around him. Now it's time to show out.
2: Yeah. I think AJ Brown was a, was a really good pick because, um, and this is, this is a little bit into what I do with my rankings. My guys tend to not fluctuate a crazy amount based on the landing spot. Um, and, and at the end of the day, I, I want to get the best player and assume that the the, the cream will rise to the top. Um, so I'm, I'm not usually going to kill a guy on a bad landing spot. Yeah, they'll move down. Yeah, it is a factor. Um, but I think if you're able to get A.J. Brown at nine in your drafts, that's a great value.
0: Yeah, and he was my number one going into the draft. So as we sit right now, I have – David Montgomery, who is my RB one, A.J. Brown, who is my wide receiver one, and Noah Fant, who is my tight end two, who I, I'm moving up to my tight end one just by the slimmest of margins. So through nine picks, I'm pretty pleased with that. Yeah, got to be. All, All right. right well, well, then for me, um, the
2: guy that I was wrestling with, um, A.J. Brown is my fourth receiver. So my third receiver is still on the board. Uh, This is another guy that I was really, really excited about. Um, The more tape I watched on him, the more he kept moving up my ranks. Uh, And I had him right up there with Whiteside, and that's Debo Samuel. And I was thrilled when I saw that he went to San Francisco. I think that's an incredible landing spot. Um, It'll be really interesting to see how things work out with him and Pettis, who will end up being kind of more of the one, who will be more of the two. But either way, I'm very confident that he is going to be a successful player the only red flag on him is really injuries other than that
3: he has everything else you want yeah I think that's a great pick um he's gonna help in the return game too so you'll have that as well I like right. Debo <laughs> <laughs> it's hard not to I don't know if anybody else is gonna chime in but um uh, I guess I'll go ahead was are we at 10 now Uh, uh 11 11 11 okay Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and take TJ Hawkinson here. Um, He's my tight end one. Uh, I've been keeping track. I kept track of this draft and have been using this chart, using Jimmy Johnson's draft values based on the draft picks and stuff. And this tight end class is the highest it's been as far as draft equity goes uh, in the last decade. So historically, if you target the top players in those position groups that are tops in class... Um, they tend to do well for you. So I'm going to go ahead and take the top guy in this tight end class, and T.J. Hawkinson. I think he's going to come in and play right away. Uh, Stafford, you know, he spreads the ball around. No, he hasn't targeted his tight ends a lot, like Dennis said, but um, I'm not, not too worried. So I'm going to go ahead and take Hawk.
1: With the 112, uh, I'm going to reach a little bit here, but as I talked about earlier, I, need, I I like to take running backs early, and since I didn't get one in the first picks, I am going to take Devin Singletary. Uh, I love his landing spot. I did get a little bit down on him after the combine performance and everything, but I did like what I saw on tape for him, I think. Shady McCoy is likely going to be a cap casualty there in Buffalo. I think that he's going to end up being the best back they have there between um, Frank Gore and T.J. Yeldon. I think he's going to end up being the at least a lead in the timeshare there. So give me a guy uh, in an offense that's likely going to need to run the ball quite often with Josh uh, Allen at their quarterback. So I will take Devin Singletary at 112. I
3: bet I know who's going here. Round two.
1: Uh, I don't know. Do I, do I really want to take him? i torn between like two players right now. I'm gonna take Jalen Hurd. No, I'm just kidding. I'm gonna take a Butler. I, I've, I've, ah, <laughs> I've, I've, I've loved, I've loved him from you know the start of the process. He's been right up there in my top three all, all year long. I, I do actually like the landing spot in Arizona. I don't think he's gonna do much of this year, but I do think once Larry Fitzgerald moves on at the end of this year and he becomes the the guy on the outside there with Christian Kirk, I just think he is going to ball out. He's gonna be their best red zone target. Um, you know, I give him a year to work. It's on. His drops, quote unquote, that he has an issue with. Uh, I, I love Butler. I think he's going to to be a, an upside wide receiver too for his career there in Arizona.
3: I love that pick. Damn, I really hope he falls to me in a lot of my rookie drafts. Because
1: yeah, I'm right there with you. I still believe yeah. in
3: him. You know, it wasn't a bad spot to land in. No, not at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like me and Dennis but, talked about on our on the episode we did just the other day. That that was actually. As much as I hated seeing him fall like that, I loved it. Because now that he went to the fourth round uh, to Arizona, I think a lot of people are going to let him fall down their boards into the second round. And I, like I said, I think you're going to get a steal of him in the second round in all your rookie drafts.
3: And that was the 12th pick, right?
1: That was a 2-1, so you were up at 2-2.
3: <laughs> Always one behind. <laughs> I, gotta, nah, I can't keep track. Four people, it's like killing me. Um, all right, so this might be a little... Um, unconventional here in one QB leagues, but I'm gonna take Kyler Murray. Um he's someone that I really wanna want to have a lot of shares of. I think he's gonna oh he is gonna come in and start right away. He's gonna play all sixteen games. He's familiar with the air raid offense. They're gonna air it out. He's gonna give you that rushing floor. Uh the offensive line is still a little skeptical but um, you know with his legs And he was, he got hit the fewest out of like all quarterbacks last year or something in NCAA, which is crazy. Um, I think that'll translate to the NFL and historically number one overall picks that have started the whole season have been in the top 10 in fantasy finishes. So I'm going to go ahead and take Kyler Murray here.
2: All right. I don't, I don't blame you with, with the volatility of this class. Um, it's it's never bad to take the best player at, at, at that position. So um, I have him a little bit lower, but honestly, anywhere in the second round, if you say you want to take Murray, I have zero issue with it.
0: Uh, nothing says volatility like Kyler Murray. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, shoot. This is – see,
2: all right. So from a strategic standpoint, the player that I will probably take, partly just because I want – the opportunity to talk to him. I maybe would typically wait, assuming that he might fall a little bit further and I don't need to, to quite use this capital. Um, But for the sake of me wanting to talk to him, and this is pretty darn close to where I have him in my ranks as well. uh, I'm going to take Alexander Madison. Um, I'm very excited about this player. I think he landed in a great spot in offense that will use his, his traits uh, to, um, to really make him shine. And I think, of any landing spot, he landed in an offense with a running back that has a very spotty injury history. And so if you want to take a flyer on a guy that could end up being the the back on their team this year, he's one of those guys that could do that. And so I'm going to take Alexander Madison uh, at this pick.
0: So I was reading Evan Silva's recap of the draft today, uh-huh. and uh, he referred to Alexander Madison as a not as good a Mike Boone.
2: Oh well, now I I I literally just
3: unfollowed him. Now there we go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: that's a bad take.
0: Well, I think I think Madison is uh, just a slightly less athletic, slightly less fast Dalvin Cook, and uh, I think he's going to end up unless Cook gets injured. He's going to be very complimentary. Um, a, yeah, just a, a fill in when Cook needs a blow. But I think Cook is going to want to show that he's finally healthy and he's going to want the ball. And he's just so much more dynamic than Madison. I mean, I might have been able to buy Madison a little later in the second round uh, if he landed in a better spot. But I, I think you have to count on an injury, and that's always a, a tough proposition. But I never fault anybody for getting their guy. Yeah, I mean, it's,
2: it, like I said, it probably is a little bit of a reach, and especially I don't think any of you guys are nearly as high on him. And so if this had been a real draft, I probably would have waited a little bit longer uh, to take him. Uh, but with, with the running backs as they are right now, uh, there's really nobody else that, at least to me, there's nobody else that is uh, significantly in a better situation uh, where they have a clearer path. Um, you know, you could argue there are a couple guys right around the same range, but uh, that's about it. So unless you're wanting to go receiver, which you know, obviously there are uh, still some good receivers to go. I don't think that there's any running back here um, that that's going to be that much better. And so I would I would much rather get my guy at that point than
0: than risk it on a guy that I don't believe in as much. Let's see. That brings me back up, doesn't it? Yes, sir. All right. Starting to get sketchy here. <laughs> uh <laughs> gonna probably, gonna probably do something that I'm gonna hate here with uh, one of these two picks. I think I am gonna go with at the two hundred four. I'm gonna go with Hollywood Brown. I'm not sold on Lamar Jackson, but I do feel like uh, Brown's game kind of suits him, and it I. I think it's going to be a bunch of uh, Jackson breaks contain because uh, he needs to get away from somebody and he's rolling out and Brown breaks off his route and starts streaking up the field and Jackson just throws it out there. Um, it's one of those, uh, you know, I could see uh, Hollywood Brown having, you know, 40 catches for 800 yards and six touchdowns one of those kind of scenarios where he averages 20 yards a catch or something. Um, he just doesn't get a ton of volume. So at you know, almost midway in the second round uh, taken. What the, what was he? The only what, one of two wide receivers with first round draft capital. I think I can go for that. All yeah. right.
3: He falls that far, dude. Like yeah, for sure. Take him yeah. the draft capital there and, like you said, Lamar's ability to extend the play, I think fits perfectly with Mark with Hollywood. All right.
0: The next one here at two Oh five, uh, landed in a, uh, not a terrific spot, but I think that the talent is going to eventually win out when an opportunity arises. Uh, I'm going to go with Damian Harris at the two Oh five. Um, Anybody that can hold off half of fantasy Twitter's 1.01 RB for three years uh, is all right in my book. And uh, while he's going to a situation where he's going to be behind Michelle and uh, James White, I think eventually that uh, Michelle is going to – probably he's going to have a shorter shelf life. He came into the league a little bit older with that uh, knee condition. And so, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, end of next season, end of 2020, that there's a changing of the guard there, and uh, midway in the second round, I think I can afford to start waiting on that.
1: Garrett, you're up with the one, or I'm sorry, the two six.
0: All right.
2: Man, I got a tough call here. Um, it gets ugly fast. <laughs> it does. It gets really ugly fast. Um, So... We talked about we talked about draft capital um, and how there's value in that. And this is this is a guy that I'm not particularly high on per se, uh, but he's just fallen way too far um, for for where he was picked and the landing spot of where he was taken. And so I'm going to take Andy Isabella. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's way too fast, way too talented to fall this far. And I think pairing him up with Kyler Murray. Uh, it should be it should be fun to see him and Hakeem Butler and then also Christian Kirk to see how all that goes. Now the well, offensive is line fast. is still a big. He's definitely fast. Um, you know, there, there's obviously a few holes in his game. He played in a smaller school. Um, he's, he, he lacks ideal size, but um, as far as being uh, just a dynamic player and being able to take the top off the defense. Uh, he's definitely a guy that can do that, and so I'm excited if I'm if I'm able to get him mid to late second round. Um,
3: I will I will do that all day. Dang man, that's who I thought I was about to take. You killed me. I Sorry, my, bro. My analysis all like thought out in my head. It was I'm all prepared.
1: Damn.
3: Yeah. <laughs> now I gotta rethink. You know, so this guy I'm about to take here, I admit that I have not done my proper film study on yet, but I'm just going to go off of situation and draft capital, and I'm going to take Nicole Hartman. I think mm-hmm. with the Tyreek Hill situation going down, uh, his comp with Tyreek, you know, the way he plays, his speed, his size, everything, kind of, you know, he fits right into that same position. He might not be as good. Dynamically going up for the ball and things like that is Hill, but um, if Tyreek is, you know, indefinitely suspended from the league, I think Hardman's going to come in right away because there's not much competition at wide receiver in Kansas City. So um, at this point in the draft, I'm going to take a flyer and just plant my flag on Hardman.
1: All right, well, I'm going to go a little outside the box here too on this one. Uh, I'm going to take Preston Williams. Ooh. Oh! Great Odin's Raven! Uh, I, I was, uh, I'm a, I, I, I imagine he would probably be able to get him later, uh, but again, someone me and Dennis talked about on the last episode we did, and we talked about the, the draft. What you were just saying about the Chiefs, I believe the same thing in Miami. I don't think he'll have any competition whatsoever we all at least i know jared i believe you liked him when we talked about him i know he showed a little kind of bad at his pro day and everything with the speed but i like what i've seen out of him i know you and dennis kind of turned me on to him and i've watched some of his tape i really liked what i saw as well i don't think he's gonna have much competition there in miami i i you know I, I don't love josh rosen but i don't hate josh rosen i think that he could easily within the next couple years as long as he can stay you know, in good graces off the field, not do anything stupid, which he has been doing a good job of that the past couple of years now, it seems. If he can continue to stay on the field, I think he has a chance to be the one, the number one wide receiver in Miami. So I will take Preston Williams there. And what am I even at? What is this? Two, eight, nine, ten? I'm already lost now. Jared's got me all messed up. I keep going back now on numbers.
3: Uh,
1: we're at 21, overall.
3: 20. we're at okay. 21 overall. We're 21
1: overall? Mm hmm. Man, Uh, none of us can keep counting. I thought we were at 20. Yeah, so did I. I can't keep tracking anymore. You're
3: always one low, (laughs) consistently. I know, and I'm like tracking this thing on a spreadsheet, too, and (laughs) I don't know. Just lost.
1: All right, I will take uh, Jay Sternberger. I love the landing spot going to Green Bay. He was my number three tight end over Irv Smith. Uh, I I love him being paired with Aaron Rodgers there. I think Jimmy Graham is a shell of himself. He's been a shell of himself the past couple years. I don't imagine he'll start this year for Green Bay. Uh, He'll obviously need to work a little bit more on his blocking, not that I think he'll ever really be that great of a blocker, Uh, but he's a great offensive weapon. I think that'll give them a, a nice little addition there with Devontae Adams, possibly be a big red zone It might hurt Devontae Adams a little bit, though I doubt it, because he's a stud. Uh, But I love his landing spot in Green Bay, so that'll be my tight end that I grab here.
3: I like the pick. Um, All right, so that puts me on the clock. (sighs) Man. See, at this point in the draft, I like taking running backs that might be able to, you know, if someone were to go down, if they're in a good offense, uh, that they're going to be able to have value right away, and I can plug in and get some uh, good weeks from. So... I think I'm gonna go with Daryl Henderson here. I think if you know that knee's gonna to continue to bug Gurley and they're gonna to continue to watch his workload, I think Henderson's definitely gonna get you know that Anderson workload that we, we saw late in the season last year. So I'm gonna go Henderson here.
2: Nice. All right. Um I yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with a guy that I thought was going to go earlier, especially with a podcast full of Ohio State fans. Um, but I'm going to go Terry McLaurin.
0: Uh,
2: he got a uh, what I think is a pretty easy road to be fantasy relevant. There's really no wide receivers in Washington. It's kind of a barren wasteland, honestly. And uh, one of the more unique things uh, that doesn't happen very often is he's getting to play with the same quarterback. He's still going to be catching passes from Dwayne Haskins. And so I think he has a unique opportunity here. Is he going to ever become a, a wide receiver one? No, um, I, I don't see that happening. But could he be a very consistent for years, low end two, high end wide receiver three uh, type guy where, you know, he. he you know, is able to break off the long play here and there, and gets gets a bunch of catches. I, I think it's a really good landing spot, and I'm really excited. So I'm uh yeah, I'm gonna take Terry McLaurin there.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great pick. Actually, McLaurin would have been uh, one of my picks here in these next two, and uh, I I agree. I I, I think it c- could he possibly rise to that wide receiver one level he could i mean i don't think anybody thought antonio brown being drafted in the sixth round would become the guy he he has so developing and putting in the time and the work and having the same quarterback for you know almost your whole career those kind of things can happen and what one thing mclaurin has shown is that he is a, a hard worker. So uh, I I think he's going to have a pretty solid floor once he gets a starting job. Yeah, I think so too. All right, at 212, uh, I am going to go maybe a little bit off the board on potential. You know, one of the things that uh, Matt and I talked about in uh, both the running backs and the wide receiver when we were talking is that the Pittsburgh Steelers have a type. They can identify what works with the offense that they've been running for pretty much Ben's entire career. And they went out and with the third pick in the second round, they took Deontay Johnson out of Toledo, five foot 10, 187 pound four, five, five guy, uh, He's got, he comes in that mold of you know, the Heinz Ward, the Antonio Brown, the Mike Wallace, those, all these guys that are all about the same size that kind of are missing a little bit of something. But he's going to come in, and he'll be able to fit in right now. He can slot right in as the wide receiver four behind uh, Juju Moncrief and Washington. And then let's see how he rises.
3: When you started that off, I thought you were going to take Benny Snell. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought too. Yeah, now I got a couple running backs. I'd I'd take over him. Yeah, he kind of fits what you're saying, though. You know, they have that type, that grinder at running back, Connor Bell, Bettis.
0: Yeah, I I I think, and if somebody drafts Snell, I guess I'll talk about it then. And so, <laughs> and the great Richard Mendenhall, don't forget him. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Round three. That being said, now I'm I'm looking for guys that could, uh, if if they get the opportunity, will they be able to deliver? Uh, and so I'm going to go with Raquel Armstead. Damn it, uh, good pick. Yep. I feel like he's going to start at least four games this year because. Uh, Fournette's going to miss at least two and be suspended for at least two. So Armstead's <laughs> going to get at least four starts. Uh, he he could you know take more time uh, if he performs well. He he could take more time away from Fournette if he lives up to the expectation. Uh, you know he's a tough runner, got a versatile game, good size. I think he fits. He he he's he's almost he's not quite as talented as Leonard Fournette. He's, but he is in kind of that same mold. Not quite the, not quite as powerful, but he's a bigger back. I think he's a good fit for Jacksonville.
2: Yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, he he kind of floats in that same tier with um, you know Henderson and Madison and some of these guys that if the things things fall the right way, if injuries happen, uh, they could definitely be be fantasy relevant, and so. Uh, to be able to get him towards the end of that group is, is really good value. Um, for me, I'm going to get somebody else that I think could also be in that grouping of running backs. And he kind of flew under the radar. I I had him at running back 10 before the draft. And uh, uh, he he even moved up slightly uh, after the draft just because of how terrible the, the running back landscape is. Uh, but I'm going to take Darwin Thompson. He ended up uh, nice. getting taken in the sixth round uh, by the Kansas City Chiefs, and he is a, a really solid all-around back. He played at uh, Utah State. Uh, he put up good numbers after transferring from a JUCO, and he kind of flew under the radar, but he he's really explosive, a good athlete, great balance, um, able to break tackles, um, but he is a little bit undersized. But I think if, he, if something happens there, if there's some injuries – or if he really, really shows out, there, there's an outside chance that he could be part of the the future for the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's an offense that even if you just get a few touches, those
3: could be very, very valuable. And at this point in the draft, um, I think I think he's a good pick. Yeah, I think that's a that's a sound strategy. Yeah, take guys that could see an opportunity in the high powered offenses, and you know he lines up with even being on your running back rankings you know um i agree with your take on thompson i think he's a solid pick here um so i'm up here i'm going to kind of build off of my last pick same mindset uh take a guy that if the starter were to go down he would see a significant share of the workload and that's benny snell uh, i know, Sna- I know Sam- samuels is there um but i think snell's a better running back you know he Everyone knew he was getting the ball in the SEC. He played for Kentucky. He dominated since he was a freshman. Um, I think he's a lot better running that running back than what people are giving him credit for. I know he's not super fast, anything like that. But he picks and chooses his holes, picks and chooses. You know when when to get down, what holes to hit, patient. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna take Snell in the Pittsburgh offense.
0: You know, I like (laughs) Benny Snell. I I think, he you know, he's one of those guys that if two, if two yards are blocked, he's going to get you four. And, you know, he's not, he isn't going to run away from anybody. That's not his game. He'll get you some 15 and 20 yard runs. Um, But he's, he's got a good all around game. It's just, uh, you know, I think sometimes people get enamored with the, uh, uh, Long speed when there's really only a, a handful of plays in a game that that matters. Yeah, and so ha- having somebody that's going to get you 4.5 yards a carry for 25 carries is a is a valuable asset. You know, he, he's Pittsburgh's type too. If Connor goes down, they don't have to change a single thing about their offense. Yeah, uh,
3: and I mean, I don't see Connor going away or anything. You know, he's definitely right. the guy in Pittsburgh, but. If he were to go down, you know, you're definitely want to start. He'll be an RB two.
0: If if yeah, if he starts over Samuels, we'll see. Well, but no, they I don't think they're going to. If uh, Connor goes down, Samuels is going to play the same role. He's. They're not going to change the, his role. He's going to still be the receiving back that gets a few carries. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I, I know people want to say, oh, they brought in Samuels, running back coach from college. And I always look, look at the people and go, well, you mean the guy that for four years didn't see fit to give him over 14 touches a game? Yeah. I mean, that, that coach, I think <laughs> he knows what he has in Jalen Samuels, and I think he knows that it's not a 25-carry-a-game guy. So yeah, if Connor goes, to, Connor goes down, Snell steps right directly into that role.
3: Yeah, I think Snell's like a type of back that's going to be around the league for a while, too. Everybody kind of always needs one of those pounders. You know what I mean? They still like to the yeah. have them. He's a little
0: bit better Alfred Morris I think. Yeah, or Garrett Blunt. Yeah. Though Blunt had some speed. Yeah. You know, if Blunt got a crack, he could go he could take it 60 yards. <laughs> he's a he's
2: a he's a Jordan Howard with extra VC, right Jared?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I loved when you said that. Was that on Twitter?
2: That was on uh
3: that was on Dynasty Nights. Oh yeah, 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 that was great.
1: All right. Well, with the three, four, uh, I'm actually. Uh, what have I got? Three picks left here, so I'm. I'm gonna load up on running back. There's not really any wide receivers that I really like left. I mean, I do like Kelvin Harmon, but I like the the two, actually the three wide receivers that I have. So I am. I'm going to take Justice Hill. I I, I like his landing spot in Baltimore. Um, you know, as me and Dennis talked about, I think Lamar Jackson is really accurate, about five yards away from the line of scrimmage. I think that's where Justice Hill is going to be most of the time. I think he can be uh, like an Alvin Kamara light there in Baltimore with Mark Ingram. I I don't imagine Gus Edwards or Kenneth Dixon are going to put up any kind of. Uh, uh, defense against him. I, I don't think either one of them are as good as Justice Hill can be. I don't think he's a an every down back, but if they use him in the right way in the receiving role, I think he has a chance to be a PPR stud there in Baltimore. So that is who I will take at three four, and then at three five, I'm going to take uh, another one of the guys that I've been high on from the beginning. Did land in a bad landing spot, but. I think he might have a chance to start in a couple years if he can stay healthy, and that's Rodney Anderson. Uh, I really liked Rodney Anderson coming out of college. I think... You know, if you would have taken the injury history away, which I, I know is a big deal, and, and you can't really take that away from a player like him with the injuries he suffered, uh, but he would have been the best back in this class, in my opinion. I, I don't think Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, and as much as I love Miles Sanders, uh, could hold his jock strap had he not been injured the way that he was last year. Uh, he was by far the best back. Uh, I do think that I like Joe Mixon, don't get me wrong but he will be a free agent in 2020. He suffered a lot of injuries as well. Maybe that the, the new regime brought in Rodney Anderson and Travion Williams because they want to move away from Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon. I know it sounds crazy right now, but we've seen crazier things happen. If they do end up letting him walk in 2021 with the injuries that he suffered and the the workload that he's had on his legs and then transition to a Travion Williams and Rodney Anderson uh, – backfield there I will look like a genius in a couple years. So those will be my two picks. Uh what are you doing at three six, Jared?
3: Okay, so I'm up here at what, three six you said?
1: Yeah, three six. Yep.
3: Okay, so I'm gonna draft like I'm not picking every four picks and like I didn't already pick Kyler Murray. Just kind of my strategy at this point. I would go Dwayne Haskins. It's
1: my team It's my quarterback.
3: Uh, he's probably going to come in and start right away, I think, over Case Keenum, if not at least 13, 12 games. Um, I think he's the best value here uh, as far as, you know, return here at this point uh, in the third round. So, yeah, Dwayne Haskins is my guy. Buckeye.
1: <laughs> Are you worried at all about him going to, to Washington? No. No.
3: I'm not worried. Okay. I like Jay Gruden. I. Uh, You know, the the ownership there and everything like that is a little sketchy, but I I like Jay Gruden. I think they have some solid pieces in place there. I like how they drafted. I think their defense is really good. I I don't know. I think the Redskins might surprise some people this year, if if not this year, maybe next year.
1: I
0: think the only thing that worries me is, you know, stuff that's come out about his family. And, uh, you know, that that seemed a little bit sketchy. His dad seems a little bit. I don't know. I don't want to. He's he's not LeVar Ball, but there's. It seems like there's enough smoke there to to wonder if being around all of his friends and family from his childhood might uh, put him in a situation where they start thinking they know better. But I I like the fit. I think he can really succeed with what the offense does there. Yeah, he seems like he's a good kid. I mean, Urban didn't really
3: have anything bad to say about him. Um, he's got the all the tools that you want, you know, you have to work on his feet. He's a little slow there, but I think that's, you know, footwork is definitely something you can improve on. Right. Yeah. All right.
2: Well, for me, uh, I'm going to take uh, a guy that had a really interesting college career. His, uh, his junior year, he had something along the lines of 94 catches his junior year, but only had one touchdown. Then in his senior year, He had only 64 catches, but he had 13 touchdowns, Uh, and that's Gary Jennings Jr. He uh, played at West Virginia, kind of was an afterthought after Sills, even though we saw that people liked him as a prospect better because he got taken. I think it was the fourth round that he got taken in, Um, but he was used completely differently his junior year than he was a senior. His junior year was used as more of over-the-middle, possession, uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. Whereas his senior year is used as a big play threat. And so I assume in the Seattle offense, he'll probably be more of used as he was his junior year, a possession guy, because they already have DK, who obviously can take the top off. Tyler Lockett can do a lot of those things, too. So I think they're going to want a guy that's able to uh, play underneath a little bit, make some stuff happen there. And so I think it's a really interesting fit that I think is going to fly under the radar. He's not a he's not a big name by any means. Um, most people know his his counterpart David Sills, even though Sills didn't get drafted. Most people would recognize him before they would not recognize Gary Jennings Jr. And so I think he's a good sleeper pick. You'll probably be able to get him in your third, fourth round, uh, maybe even later
0: if guys aren't paying attention in some of your rookie drafts. Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if Jennings has a better career than Metcalf. Yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't surprise me
2: either. I'm not a big Metcalf guy. I can't. I can't. As much as I want to be that guy, I can't take him over him um, right. just because of, of the the raw upside of Metcalf. But as far as being being a safe player, I think he's very safe
0: for how late you'll be able to get him. Right, I, I agree a hundred percent with that. So I'm going to draft. You know, I I kind of feel like I have been drafting based on you know, let's say I've got one pick in each round, so I've kind of tried to approach the draft like that and. At pick 308, uh, I, I'd i have to go with Irv Smith here. Yeah, I've been waiting for uh, him I think that uh, the value here, there there's two ways it could go this year. And now Irv, Irv is a willing but not exceptional blocker. Not as big as a lot of tight ends. But he's a plus receiver, good with the ball in his hands. So I could see him coming in and being the second tight end uh, behind Kyle Rudolph, uh, and fulfilling a, a specific role that's going to get him some touches, but you know probably not fantasy worthy. But Rudolph is in the last year of his contract this year, and another thing that's popped up just this afternoon was um, when the Patriots traded away Hollister. You know, they've got Lacoste and Steven Anderson and uh, ASJ. There's a little bit of talk that they may be in the market to trade for Kyle Rudolph. Uh, I don't know if uh, there's any traction to that. Just, you know, I think people are speculating on Twitter for the most part. Um, I think that, you know, Rudolph might be a good fit to be moved. He's in the last year of his contract. And if the Vikings think that Smith is going to be their guy going forward next year, it could get uncomfortable, not extending Rudolph though. I don't think Rudolph is the kind of guy that's going to create problems for them. Uh, He seems, you know, he's a man of the year candidate uh, with the work he does off the field. So I, I don't think he'd be one to cause a lot of problems in the locker room. Uh, but I think, in, even if they don't trade Rudolph in 2020, I think Irv Smith is going to be the guy in Minnesota, and so uh, at 308, uh, he provides an exceptional value. So we're only doing three rounds.
1: Yeah. So you've got this is your last pick right here.
0: Yep. So I'm going to go with one of my longtime loves here. You know, I uh, I can't I can't say no. I can't quit him. <laughs> And it you
3: have no idea how bad it gets.
0: I wish I knew how to quit you. Three Oh nine. Uh, I'm going to take Quadri Allison. <laughs> when he got drafted, dude, I was thinking of you, <laughs> man. He, he landed in a great spot. Yeah, he I, did. I, he's going to, I think he can step directly in to the Tevin Coleman role. Uh, you know, Coleman, for being considered the pass receiving guy, uh, wasn't, I don't think, as good a receiver as Freeman was. But I could see Allison stepping in, uh, playing that Coleman role, the 1B to Freeman's 1A, until Freeman breaks down. And then Allison o- can slide over into that primary role. And he's a big guy, six foot, 225 pounds. Four six speed, powerful. Doesn't you know? He's not terribly elusive, but he's a competent pass catcher, and a, uh, he's some, he's one of the, those guys I could see. You know, you you every every season at the end of the year we look back, and there's always two or three guys that just kind of came out of nowhere. And for me, he's he's that guy this year. That's a good pick. I honestly I think forgot
3: about pick. him. Sorry, Garrett.
0: No, no, you're good. Yeah, I think I think he's
2: got a lot of upside there. Um, you know, another one of those running backs where if one thing bounces the wrong way, he, he could he could find himself uh with a lion's share of a role. So I think it's a good pick.
3: And dude, like every mock that I've done, I've done I've track I haven't done this many mocks, but I've tracked about six different mocks now. He wasn't taken once, so I think he's somebody you, you should definitely target late in your drafts.
0: All right. People are listening to me. I don't know if I'll be able to pull it off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: I'm going to. I know who he's taking here. Do you? Yeah. I,
2: uh... I know. I know a couple of people I want to take, but I, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can do it. So I'm going to take what is probably the smarter pick. Of of two of the other plays, players I would rather take. Uh, and I'm going to take Miles Um God, son of a... Yeah, it's... It, it, I don't love the Baltimore offense. I'm not a believer in Lamar Jackson. But on the off chance that he actually figures it out, or they bring somebody else in that can do it, uh, his raw athletic profile, and a lot of the things you saw on tape, despite having underwhelming quarterback play he's a really good wide receiver and if at this point you're going strictly upside he's a guy that has a bunch of it and so even though I'm not a truther for him there's too much upside to pass there
3: yeah I like that pick that wasn't who I thought you're gonna go with
2: were you you thinking I was gonna go with Ashton
3: no I thought you're gonna go with Kelvin Harmon Oh, I thought
2: about I thought about him too. I wanted to go Stanley Morgan Jr. too because I've been pounding the table for him, but
0: he didn't get drafted, so I couldn't do it. Those are all great fourth and fifth round guys there. Yeah, yeah. for sure.
3: So I'm gonna stick with my strategy here. Um, I think this guy, if the starter was to get injured, he has the path to success. Uh, you could start him, and you might be able to trade him to that. Uh, running backs, you know, the starter's owner, um, and get some return on them. So this late in the draft, those are the kind of guys I like to target again. So I'm going to go with Mike Weber from Ohio State. Right. I think he's more talented than Rod Smith. I don't know if they're going to bring back Rod Smith still. Um, if Zeke were to go down, you know, Mike Weber, I think, is that guy to step in. And it's kind of cool that he goes, in, goes into Dallas and is going to be behind Zeke again, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but I'm um, gonna we'll take Weber here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Weber's excited to be sitting behind Zeke again, but yeah, that, <laughs> but I, I like shoot, that pick. Not I, again. I, I, <laughs> I, I, would do the same thing. Um, I'm, so I'm torn between two guys. I actually had Stanley Morgan Jr. there. Ke- well, actually, three guys: Kelvin Harmon. Uh, but uh, do I want to do it? Do I want to? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take Emmanuel Hall. Uh, again, I know a lot of people have kind of put me on put me on to him. He was not someone that I had very high at the time. Uh, I liked him landing in uh, in Chicago. I think he has a chance to be the third wide receiver there. I think obviously you've got Allen Robinson and um, why am I forgetting his name? I just Anthony Miller are going to be the two there but if Emmanuel Hall can get back from that I believe they were saying he's going to have to have surgery on his hamstring. If he can come back and just showcase that speed and everything that he that everybody fell in love with him and stay healthy and get on the field. I think that he'll eventually sign again. Then next year, obviously, just being an undrafted free agent uh, with Chicago and could be a steal for the Bears and a steal for you in your rookie drafts.
3: Dude, I can't believe he did not get drafted.
1: I think a lot of it has to do with that hamstring. I, I guess that's what yeah. everybody was talking about. That was, I guess, it's a big deal. <laughs>
3: Was it the hamstring? Did they say he's going to need surgery on the hamstring? Because I was hearing the sports hernia surgery. Uh,
1: maybe it was sports hernia. That's what it was. So, hey, guys, forget what I yeah, said. Yeah, either the way. The hamstring. But,
3: yeah, I was watching uh, NFL or Good Morning Football Saturday morning. And, um, yeah, was it, Yeah, Saturday was the third day, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he, he, was on, he was on there, and they were interviewing him and stuff. And, like, I, I just feel bad for guys, dude, you know? Like, yeah. That's... But hey, it is what it is. He's signed now. He's got a contract. But I can't believe he didn't get drafted. I had him 14th overall pre-draft. Mm-hmm. So I missed on that.
1: That's all right. We all had. I can't remember where I, I had him. Uh, I know I had him somewhere in my my in my middle tier of 12 to 24 as well. So I'm pretty sure a lot of people did. You. I, I can't imagine you were the only one or me. So we. You know. Again, if he ends up staying healthy and, and doing something there in Chicago, it'll end up being worth it. He's a guy you can grab late. Uh, is there anybody that you guys didn't grab, that, it, whether undrafted free agent or you know, we just took, none of us took Kelvin Harmon, uh, that you guys would look at taking in the fourth or fifth round? We'll start Jared and then go backwards real quick if you guys have one guy.
3: One guy? Yeah, I would go Harmon. I had him mid, middle of the pack uh, in my pre-draft assessment. I think he has a pretty good path to playing you know he's got to beat out dachshund um that's that's probably the position that they would have him in i don't see him really competing with paul richardson he plays a little different role probably like mclaurin um but uh yeah calvin Harmon for me what about you garrett uh yeah it'd probably be
2: it would probably be stanley morgan jr he's he's a guy that i really really like he ended up in cincinnati um which I I think is actually a pretty good landing spot. Um, I know that AJ green is obviously still there. Tyler Boyd really emerged, uh, from the crowd last year and John Ross is there. Um, but it's, but it's supposedly a great offensive mind, uh, that, that went there. And, uh, I think if, I think if everything plays right, he could be a really, really good, uh, wide receiver. I actually called him, called him earlier in the year, Debo light. Um, I, I see some of the same, um, Kind of that thicker uh, slot receiver. Um, plays really tough, uh, pretty athletic. Um, yeah, I really, I was really hoping to see him get drafted in, you know, fifth, sixth round, and uh, I was disappointed when he didn't. But if if there's one player that I thought could could emerge from uh, the undrafted ranks this year, uh, as far as the position players go, I think he's definitely
0: one of those guys. I, I think in of the the free agent signees there's a a couple that really have piqued my interest. Um, Bruce Anderson in Tampa Bay, you know, there's, he, I, I know that Tampa not signing or not drafting a running back kind of presents that they have a lot of faith in Ronald Jones and uh, Peyton Barber, but Anderson's a small school guy and he came in, uh, performed really well at the senior bowl. So I he can catch the ball well, he can run the ball pretty well. So I I I think he's somebody that I find really interesting. And then another one uh running back that was undrafted that caught my eye, uh was Karen Higdon in Houston. Where'd he land? Houston. Uh He's a Michigan guy. You know we don't Literally talk about that guy, Dennis.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, him and Demari Crockett from uh, Missouri both signed with Houston. So, you know L- Lamar Miller is, you know that that guy that just always keeps showing up and doing work, and you can't seem to get rid of him. He does just enough to stay just above the average line, but isn't a superstar, and. I think the jury is still out on Dante Foreman and his Achilles. That being said, the the Texans must uh feel pretty confident with the two of them because they waited until uh signing a couple of undrafted free agents in Hegden and Crockett. So but with with what they got going on there and you know uh Lamar Miller's I think 27 years old now and Crockett uh, not Crockett though. Foreman with his Achilles I think those running backs Are in some interesting spots
3: Yeah definitely If you guys are a GM In a class like this would you ever take a running back In the first or second round Even if your team is needy No no. There's just so much value if you just wait And you know The way the running backs worked These days you know you can plug in One of these guys and I'm sure you know, they'll get the job done.
1: Unless well, Saquon
3: comes along, you know what I mean? Then, yeah. then you splurge.
0: Well, that's not a class like this.
3: Right, I, exactly. I, I think in a,
0: in a in a class like this, I think you approach it like uh, the Packers did wide receiver last year. I think you go and you, you grab, you know, a couple late, you know, maybe a fourth and a sixth and mm-hmm. uh, sign a free agent or two. And you add, just add some bodies to the running back room and. Let them fight it out. See who's got the dog in them to win it.
3: I agree. That would be my strategy.
1: Well, all right, guys. Thank you so much for joining me today to do a little bit of mock draft. I look forward to bringing you both back on again sometime to talk about stuff as we start ramping up toward the season and mini camps, all that stuff. Uh, Garrett, where can we find you on Twitter, and do you have any articles coming out anytime soon?
2: I am at uh, Dynasty Price on Twitter, and uh, I don't have anything uh, coming out. We've we've been bringing on so many different writers; it's been really cool lately. Uh, but it's kind of flooded our uh, flooded our uh, our uh, queue there, so I, it'll probably be a little while before any of mine come out. Uh, but but yeah, I uh, I'm doing stuff uh, on the podcast with Dynasty Nerds, and so that'll probably be the place where you can find me, or just just hanging out on Twitter, which uh, apparently I'm a degenerate and I'm on
3: their way too much. So,
1: <laughs> Jared, what about you? Where can we find you on Twitter? And Do you have anything coming out anytime soon?
3: Uh, you can find me at Jared Wackerly, FF. And, yeah, I'm currently work, uh, working on a Darwin Thompson uh, profile. We at FFstatistics.com, we have some profiles that uh, didn't get done before the draft of some players that didn't that 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 got drafted. Darwin Thompson is one of them. So, put my hand in the ring to write that one. So, can't wait to dive into it a little bit. But uh, yeah, I'm always working on some new stuff. Trying to launch a video series here soon. We'll see. I'll let you guys know. <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> I'll bring good. you on.
1: Looking forward to it. And then, of course, Dennis. Where can we find you on Twitter? And what do you have coming up in the works?
0: I am at culture underscore coach on Twitter, uh, degenerate like our uh, guests here. Um, You know, I got to get better at not opening it up when I'm at work, that's for sure. (laughs) Um, I write for DynastyNerds.com, co-host this fantastic podcast with you. And uh, if I could make a little announcement, uh, Sunday morning, I received an email from the Fantasy Sports Writers Association that Uh, They accepted my application and I am now Uh, a member of the FSWA and I was pretty stoked for that. I remember when I first started writing a little over a year ago uh, and I saw them and I was like, oh, man, I wonder if that's, you know, what kind of I'm a believer in, you know, trying to be a part of the industry organizations, uh, regardless of the industry I'm in. And so when I saw that and kind of looked at what it was about uh, you know, they said, well, you need to be a writer for at least a year and you have to have some articles published to submit. You know, you can't just write them on your computer and think they're awesome. <laughs> and so after I put my year in, I sent in my application and I was pretty stoked when uh, Chuck Gresham sent me the, uh, no, it was Andy Barron sent me the email that uh, they had accepted my application. I was pretty happy about that.
3: That's cool, man. Congrats.
1: Yes, that is cool. Thanks. Congratulations. Uh,
0: so what, can you explain
3: to me a little bit? Because I really haven't looked into that at all. Like, what exactly? What like what what happens when you're accepted? Uh, well,
0: uh, having just been accepted, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure of <laughs> what the benefits are of it. You know, you're you know there are a lot of people that belong to it. Uh, let me pull it up here real quick. So you know Andy Behrens is the president Emil Kladlick, Mike Clay is the chairman Chet Gresham's the secretary Matthew Barry and Bob Harris are advisors and so the mission of the FSWA is to further uh fantasy sports writing and so they have an awards awards uh, uh they don't really do it at a meeting but they you you can apply for or be nominated for awards in different categories um, that's cool. So there's there's a judging. So let's see, last year Stefania Bell was elected to the Hall of Fame. So I'm kind of waiting as things pass by me on the site. Um, <laughs> That's cool. But you can, you, it's a you network with other writers in the fantasy sports uh, I- industry. Um, it, it's I, I'm really just trying to get myself oriented. To what all they have to offer, uh, it seems like uh, you know their goal is to make fantasy sports writing uh, as high of quality and as good and widespread as it can be. That's what they're trying to accomplish. And so, you know, for me, I kind of looked at it and was like, "Well, this sounds uh, right at my alley." So their mission is: the Fantasy Sports Writers Association was founded to be a voice. For writers in the arena of fantasy sports, moreover, the organization, through its executive staff and board of directors, will strive to promote and acknowledge the hard work and dedication shown by fantasy sports writers throughout the industry. So, it's a great organization to be uh, to get recognized for the your contributions to the um, the industry. Cool. Sounds like a good networking
3: opp- opportunity. Yeah. I'll have to throw the app in once I hit a year. Right.
1: <laughs> well, all right, guys. Seriously, thank you so much for joining us tonight and, and helping uh, me and Dennis do a mock draft. Uh, I look forward to talking to you guys again soon and have yourselves a great night.
3: Right on. Thank Thanks you, you, too, man. Thanks for having me on. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn.
2: I came out the whole line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for
1: this No Someone up above his head. They can't jump and leave. Golly. Oh, they tackle him at the corner. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. Please. I can. Please. Please.